Jamison Williams stuff and Ross Tucker, a big Monday Locked On Lions. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day on a Monday, July 31st. We're going into August tomorrow, Tuesday, August 1st. Thanks for checking us out, making us your first listen each and every day right here on Locked On Lions. Shout out to our everydayers out there, including the likes of my main man, Coach Pav, Anthony Pavisich, who was at Lions training camp today. Benjamin John, congrats, uh, BJ. On the engagement, John Rogers, Bill Willingham, Jim and Denise in Missouri. Thank you for listening and making us your first listen each and every day right here on Lockdown Lions. You can find us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks or is it X now? Who knows? Uh, at Lockdown Lions on Twitter, Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. We are on threads at The Real Matt Dairy. And also, thanks for checking us out for free. And you can subscribe. We're over, we're close to 7,000 subscribers on our Lockdown Lions. YouTube channel. Coming up on the show today, Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Westwood One, the 33rd team, and now NFL on CBS analyst is going to join us momentarily on the show. I love catching up with Ross. He's awesome. We will get his thoughts on the 2023 Lions coming up. Also today, uh, a little bit of a skirmish. Things got a little heated today. This was a heated training camp today, practice. Uh, up in Allen Park. Very, very interesting. It also included a bad day for Jamison Williams. But is there a silver lining? We'll get into that coming up momentarily on the show um, as well. Lions back into training camp mode with a Monday physical practice today. Uh, heard very good things today about Broderick Martin, the team's fourth round pick and nose tackle, who's starting to come on. And that would be a huge, huge sign for this team. Jameer Gibbs, uh, continues to dazzle with his speed. Marvin Jones was back at practice today, so that's a good sign. Um, my man, Coach Pav, he was sending me notes today as he went down to, to Allen Park. Um, loves what Cam Sutton was bringing to the table today. Uh, Romeo Quara apparently signed autographs for everybody, but Coach Pav and everybody else said the same thing today about practice, and what stood out was the Jamison Williams situation. Uh, Jamison Williams had the Brandon Pettigrew day today in Allen Park. Just, woo, the drop sees were happening for the former first-round pick, J-Mo. Now, uh, he also threw a punch at Starling Thomas, the cornerback, and slapped him in the head as those two had a little bit of a skirmish today. Uh, dropped passes and throwing punches, not a good look for Jamison Williams. Um, we got to start seeing some progress. Now, what we did see is this, and this is the silver lining. Toward the end of practice today, he threw a block for Jameer Gibbs, kind of a, a pop block out of the open field, which really sprung Gibbs for a nice run. A year ago, we may have seen J-Mo as a rookie um, uh, kind of bow his head a little bit, put his head down, uh, sulk, maybe not do something like that. To bounce back at the end of practice and to throw a key block, all right, as Jamison Williams said today to the media, no block, no rock is what Ben Johnson told him. So he has to block. That's a positive. I'm going to try to keep this as positive as possible. The drop pass is bad. All right. 
the, 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 the punching of a teammate, stupid. All right. But he ended practice on a high note and that's what you're looking for. Now he's got to, now he's got to develop. Now he's got to get better. Now when week seven gets here and he's on the field, he does some good things that we have to see. And hopefully we will. So I'll leave it at that. Um, all right. Ross Tucker coming up next. I'm excited to get Ross on here. He is, he's awesome. I'm a big Ross Tucker fan. Happy for him that he's going to be doing some games on CBS this year for the NFL in the booth. Uh, Locked on Lions today brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. MLB full swing right now. Trade deadline coming up tomorrow. What's the kid GM uh, downtown going to do? We're waiting. Uh, no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right. That's because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet, whatever you want to bet on. I know some boxing fans were into it this weekend. Marshall Mathers was in the house. You want to bet on boxing, MMA, whatever it is, go to FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Man, I'm psyched to have this guy back on the show. You know, now he's a big time national national analyst on CBS. Didn't think he had time for the little, little guys like us here on Locked On Lions. Matt Derry with Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker football podcast. And now, CBS NFL analyst. Look at you. Thanks, man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm obviously very excited. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I think I, for the last 15 years, Matt, I have called at least 20 games a year. So think about that. So that's like yeah. over, th- over 300 games, which I love between radio and television. So really excited to get this opportunity. I'll be in the booth. Uh, Chris Lewis will be play-by-play, and then Jason McCourty uh, will be in the booth with me, which I think is perfect, right? He's a DB. He knows and can focus on the wide receiver DB stuff. I can focus on the the front seven stuff, and hopefully it's a match made in heaven. Well, our uh, mutual friend, Ian Eagle, uh, I hit Ian up. I think it was last year he did a game with you, and he worked with Jason McCourty both on Westwood. And now you guys in the booth with Chris, I think that's uh, that's going to be awesome. What? Uh, how many games are you getting? You think? Uh, four, four, um, four on the NFL side. Uh, you know, we're we're basically the seventh crew, right? Right. Um, and so five crews, I think, get a game every week. I think the sixth crew probably gets like thirteen or fourteen, maybe. And then uh, the seventh crew gets four. So really looking forward to it. week one. Is the only one I know so far. Because, you know, they wait a little bit to, to decide some of the pairings. But it's it's the Titans at the Saints, which I think is an awesome game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably not going to as much of the country. But both those teams are legitimate division title candidates, division title winners, potentially. Um, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Should be great. And New Orleans isn't a bad city to go visit. No, no. You'll, uh, you'll, have, you'll have fun, as you always do. All right, Ross, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions, and you you and I have talked about this in the past, and I know your connection with Alex Anzalone, and, yeah. and just you watch everything. Um, this is like America's team. I mean, people predict them to win the division. People talk about NFC title game, possibly. Are you on this bandwagon like, like everybody else right now? Yeah, I am. 
Um, and I'll tell you why, really. I mean, first of all, um, you know, the Packers, you would imagine, are taking a step back with Jordan Love from Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Bears are ready for primetime quite yet. And even the Vikings, although I wasn't sure they would get it done with the Neil Hunter, that was yeah. a big move by them. Um, it still feels with moving on from Dalvin Cook, moving on from Zadarius Smith, that the Vikings are in a little bit of a transition year. Um, now, I think they'll still be good, but they're not going to win every close game like they won last year. I actually give their general manager a lot of credit because I think he realizes, hey, we're trying to win the Super Bowl here. And just because we won 13 games, including every single close game the whole year, yeah. we're probably not really that good. As good as, what were they, 13 and four last year? So yeah. I give him credit for realizing that. And then as for the Lions, you know, clearly it feels like um, they were playing their best ball the second half of the year. That win over the Packers in week 18 was epic. You know, to have some of the the picks they've had, to be able to get Gibbs and Campbell, even some of their additions. Gardner Johnson was fantastic for the Eagles last year. Um, and I tend to agree, Matt. Not only do I think that they got a great chance to win the division, and I think it'll be probably neck and neck between the Lions and the Vikings. But if ever there was a year where a longer shot team could win a conference, kind of feels to me like the Lions or the Seahawks this year in the NFC. Hmm. Because the three top contenders, right? The Eagles lost seven starters. Yeah. You know, and both coordinators. That's a lot, man. I mean, look, the Eagles still have a really good team. They're still the favorites for a reason. But seven core, I mean, seven starters and two coordinators is a lot. Uh, the Niners, you know, we'll see they're saying good things about Purdy's health right now, but that's still a little up in the air. And I really like the Cowboys' additions of Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. My skepticism in Dallas is really with them moving on from Kellen Moore and, and Mike McCarthy being the play caller. So I do feel like if you're into betting, and I know that's legal in Michigan, and, and, yes. and goodness knows I talk about this, and I have a bunch on the Even Money betting podcast that I do every week. Um, I think this is a year to look at the Seahawks and or the Lions to win the NFC because they both were playing really good ball last year, especially towards the end. And they both have made some really impressive additions. Ross Tucker with us uh, here on locked on lions. You're based out of Philly. You see the Eagles you do their preseason games, CJ Gardner, Johnson, you brought up before, what are we getting in him? Because, you know, everybody's been talking about a training camp already. A lot of trash talk, a lot of talking, uh, he made the proclamation the other day, Jamison Williams, one of the best receivers in the game. Well, the guy's got one career catch. <laughs> so like, but, but how, how impressive and important is he going to be to this locker room? What's he like? Well, um, the locker room is an interesting question um, because it seemed like New Orleans, um, obviously they trade him. They were ready to move on from him. And I'm, I'm really surprised that it didn't work out with him in Philadelphia, given the money he's getting to go to Detroit, which, you know, I have no inside information here, but it always makes me wonder, you know, if there's a little bit of a personality conflict. One of my buddies sent me this video of him saying how he hated the Eagles fans or something. I don't know if you saw that, Matt, yeah, yeah. where he was complaining about the Eagles fans, which just isn't really a smart thing to do. I mean, even <laughs> if you feel that way, 
you know what? If you only signed a one-year deal. What if the Eagles want you back next year? You know why? Why would you do that, right? So, um, but as a player, much better in run support than I realized. He was a good physical tackler. He played both nickel and safety, and led the NFC in interceptions. Even though he missed what five games? Yeah, I mean that's unbelievable. So very, very productive, very talented player. Aaron Glenn obviously knows him well and will know how to use him. So I thought, um, I thought that was a, and especially for the money they got him for, I thought that was a huge addition for the Lions. I'm going to flip the script on you, Matt, and ask you about DeAndre Swift. Since yeah. he's now um, in Philly, man, I remember that that week one game last year. He tore the Eagles up, absolutely tore them up. But it was really clear that they soured on him. What what happened there? I'll say this. I, I think the Eagles are getting a good football player. Has got a lot to prove and is in a contract year, which is good for DeAndre. He just can't stay healthy. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I think the, the Lions are looking at this like, we're going to get a home run hitter in Jameer Gibbs for five years. We're going to put him out wide. Swift couldn't really do that. Gibbs can play some receiver too. I think they knew they were that's where they were they were going to be drafting. And then they got him. And then Swift was gone. And then Montgomery for three more years. So I think they feel like they've made an upgrade. I think I know they love Jamal Williams, but I think Swift will be okay in Philly. I think those one-year deals and getting a guy like Howie Roseman got, I think he'll be all right. But Ross, he's not going to play 17 games. No way. He just always has some sort of nagging injury which is well pretty bothersome well so what's interesting is obviously he's highly motivated to stay healthy this year yeah. and and have a good year I, I think the eagles with gainwell and rashad penny and boston scott i don't think they're going to overload any of those guys with touches and and they've already i've only been there once so far but they've already been raving about him interestingly enough as mm. a pass catcher out of the backfield they think he'll be an upgrade over miles sanders there so you know what the eagles did is there's a lot of upside for both Swift and Rashad Penny. They both just get hurt a lot. So then the Eagles said, well, let's let's get two lottery tickets there. You know what I mean? If, if there's yeah. two guys that get hurt a lot, maybe they'll alternate, you know, who's hurt when. Ross Tucker with me, Ross Tucker podcast, uh, CBS now NFL analyst to work in some games this year. We're so happy for him and I love having him on the show. So you mentioned before about these, these other teams, Philly, Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, and then you threw the Lions in the mix. What is it about what Dan Campbell has done and as somebody that's played the game, which you have, that has elevated this thing quicker than I think people expected? Well, I think, first of all, they've had some guys pan out um, a lot better than, than people thought they would, right? I mean, first of all, they have a top 3-0 line in the NFL. I'm actually coming out this week, Matt, with my O-line rankings. For the 33rd team, they'll probably be posted Tuesday or Wednesday. So look out for those. I might even have them as the second best O-line behind the Eagles. I mean, that that that's kind of where it starts for me. Yeah. But then you think about the guys that have been even better than advertised, right? <clears throat> I don't think anybody thought Jared Goff would play this well. I don't know that people thought Amon Ross St. Brown would be a star when he got drafted in the fourth round. And obviously the offensive coordinator – Ben Johnson deserves a lot of credit. I got to be honest with you, Matt. I never heard of him until the Lions <laughs> hired him as the offensive coordinator. Right. I mean, where where did he even come from? Was he in New Orleans with Dan? I mean, I, I never even heard of the guy. And then he comes to the Lions, and they are very, very impressive when you watch them offensively. Um, it's a major bummer that Williams 
is out for a while and that the organization has had these betting issues because, man, it just feels like their offense would be electric and will be electric when they have him. And then I think defensively, um, they've done a nice job. You know, so part of – and I don't know how much this credit, Matt, goes to Brad Holmes and how much the credit goes to Dan Campbell and his coaching staff, but when you have this many guys – like Anzalone, uh, Kaminsky, who's the kid? Oh, James Houston. Yeah. When you're this many guys playing better than anybody thought they would, at some point we got to give some credit to the coaching, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just named like three guys on offense. Now I'm naming three more on defense. That was the best Anzalone's played last year. That was the best, you know, James Houston, six-round pick. I don't even know who he is. He's getting sacks like every game. Kaminsky playing. Kaminsky looks like Hutchinson when you watch the tape. I can barely <laughs> even tell him apart sometimes. Tell me about uh, Panay Sewell. As somebody that played right tackle in the NFL, which you did. Uh, I, I've read some stuff over the last couple of weeks. Panay Sewell could end up being the best tackle in the game before it's all said and done. And this big step that he wants to make. When you watch the tape, when you see it, are you agreement with that, and, and how special can this kid be? Well, one of the things I think is so interesting is we've had so many recent high picks on the O-line not look great early on and, and then really pan. I mean, Andrew Thomas from the Giants is such a great example. And even Sewell, when they first moved him from left to right, I was skeptical, and I watched him a little bit at right and thought, ooh, I don't know. And uh, you know what? He had the ability, he had everything, and it, it's kind of come together for him. It just, you know, there's a shortage of guys that are that big who move that well, yet still have the ferocity and the want to to try to finish people. But what game was it where he caught that pass and looked good doing it? Yeah, the home game at the end of the year against, uh, was it Minnesota? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, let me just tell you, there aren't that many old linemen <laughs> that can do that. I, I would not have looked like that if uh, if I caught a pass. No, wait, no tackle, no tackle eligible plays for you ever. It's so funny you say this. I was just talking about this on the Eagles training camp show. My rookie year, Matt. I'm playing for Washington. Uh-oh. We're playing against the Eagles. That's where I'm from. Yes, I'm the goal line tackle eligible. I'm wide open in the middle of the end zone on a crossing route, our quarterback was Tony Banks, the former Michigan State yes. Spartan. Wow. And uh, Tony got pressured off the edge and, and and just threw it away. Wasn't able to throw it to me. Could have changed my whole life. <laughs> I mean, if I scored a touchdown against the Eagles, nobody would have ever heard, heard the end of that. I mean, that was my squad. Oh. When I was 22 years old. I would have driven right back to my hometown yes. after the game with that and ball taking that, and taking that to third and spruce bar in West Reading, <laughs> Pennsylvania with the game ball would have been, um, would have been amazing. Uh, um, by the way, I got a question for you. Yes. Talk to me about Jack Campbell because obviously they re-signed Anzalone. Yeah. And I thought they were happy with Rodriguez but I guess they just thought Campbell was that good of a player that they couldn't turn him down. They just they just put out this inside the den. You can watch it on YouTube or the Lions website, this inside look at the Lions draft. And it was apparent in watching this show in the draft room with Brad Holmes and, and, and Dan Campbell 
that the two guys they wanted badly were Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, and it didn't matter what positions they played, if Swift was there, if Rodrigo, Barnes, Alex, any of those guys were there. They were taking these two football players. They just love these two kids. Then you throw in Laporta and Branch, and those four guys were it was like a dream for them. It didn't matter what position they played. They were getting these players. So, And you yeah. know what's so funny? I didn't hear a single guy from other teams or scouts have anything bad to say about those guys. Everybody loved them as players. You know, the issue for Gibbs and Campbell was positional value. Right. For yeah. Branch, it was like, is he a nickel? He's a safety. Everybody would tell you that guy is a football player. Mm-hmm. Laporta is he a little undersized. Is he? But nobody questioned those guys as football players, which I think bodes really well for the Lions. All right. So today, and I said this before you came on uh, on the intro to the show. Jamison Williams had a bad day. He dropped about four passes. He threw a punch at a DB. Kind of bounced back and threw some blocks at the end of practice today, and and stuck with it. And some of the narrative is well. Last year, he would have walked off the field or he just would have quit or stopped. You know, year two for him, the expectations too high, too low when you're a first round star like this and, and he's only caught one pass. Like, how do you view his situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you have the explosiveness that he does and wasn't really able to show it last year, I can understand the excitement and people wanting to see him play at a high level. Do you know is is he allowed to practice during those six weeks, Matt? Yeah, uh-huh. that's he, big. He just can't play. That that that's really big because if he wasn't allowed to practice, that would be a big step. I mean, six weeks is a long time to be out of the building and not not in the mix. So the fact that he'll be in there practicing, ready to go, I think that bodes well for him for the rest of the season and being able to be productive and. You know, Gardner Johnson doesn't just say something like that for the heck of it, right? Like, he sees the explosiveness that – I mean, we all saw it. You know, when he was at Alabama that year, it was just bananas what he was able to do. And so, um, I think the the expectations are probably appropriate. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking stat-wise, but I think people are thinking he's going to make some big plays. I think he's gonna, he is going to make some big plays. Where are you on uh, Justin Fields? I spent a lot of time on this show kind of making fun of him. Not not making fun of him personally. He's a good player. But I just, I, this Hall of Fields is what I call him. Everybody's just saying, oh, this is the next big thing. I don't see him on a third and 11 in a big spot throwing the ball. Yeah, he can run. But do you feel like he elevates the Bears to nearly second place or third place? Or, or do you think he's still got a lot of work to do? Well, I think that their O-line will be better. You know, getting Davis at right guard, you know, getting uh, the kid from uh, Darnell Wright from from Tennessee at right tackle. Braxton Jones played pretty well at left tackle. So I think he'll be a little bit more protected. I thought getting DJ Moore was huge because they just can't count on Claypool. You know, they made a huge trade, ended up being a terrible trade, let's be yeah. honest, yeah. to trade the equivalent of a first-round pick for a year and a half of Chase Claypool. I mean, if that guy does anything this year, they'll give him a contract extension just so that they can say, you know, that they did, you know, that the trade worked out. Um, I think Fields takes a step this year, Matt. The question is how big of a step. And that's what we're all really curious to see. You know, it's become popular now to compare people to Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. 
those guys are sort of the um, outliers. You, know, you don't see people improve their completion percentage by like 10% very often like those guys. That would surprise me if Fields did that because it's just kind of rare, to, rare for that to happen. My final thing, last year we talked about your buddy at MyFrontPageStory.com and Lockdown Lions listeners responded. So we love that. That's awesome. Love having you on and uh, plug it again if you can. Well, so what I would say is advertisers should be all over the Locked On Lions podcast. I don't know how many Thank advertisers you, I don't know how many advertisers <laughs> you have, Matt. But doing all we, right. I, I came on last year and told you about the best gift I'm aware of for a loved one. It was probably before Valentine's Day or maybe it was the draft, Mother's Day. I don't know. Uh, but really for any occasion, anniversary, birthday, you talk to one of their writers for uh, 10 minutes, tell them how great your wife is, your mom. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, the Detroit Free Press. It's framed pictures of her with the kids or her and you, whatever, when she reads the quotes and and see, hears you say, I never thank her enough for all the little things she does. They cry almost every time. It's hanging up in the house almost every time. It's, it's It really is awesome. Highly encourage people to go to myfrontpagestory.com. I mean, what else? You, you want to get them a, Little Caesars gift card or something? Go to myfrontpagestory.com. <laughs> oh, you are dipping into your Detroit bag right now, Ross. <laughs> uh, I love you, brother. Thanks so much for doing this. And uh, congrats on this CBS gig. You deserve it. You're good at what you do. And uh, I know they make these moves all the time, Fox, CBS. I, eventually, you're going to take Tony Romo's spot if it was up to me. Uh, yeah, um, I don't because... know about that, but I appreciate the kind words. Very, very fired up about it. I always say, most people say when they watch one of my games, they laughed a couple times. They learned something. They could tell that I just love it. If that's the only three things you get from it, you can tell I love football. You can you learned one or two things and you laughed a couple times, then, then hopefully that's a good thing. Thank you so much for the kind words, Matt. All right, brother. And uh, who, who would have thought a Tony Banks reference on today's show? Tony, that's... I was wide open, Tony. Could have changed my <laughs> life. It wasn't his fault. They brought like a blitz or pressure off the oh. edge. But he still could have just lobbed up to me. I would have high-pointed it, Matt. I was ready to high-point it oh. in the secondary. Not, not, now, now we're getting a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross. Man. Thanks, Take buddy. Take care. There's Ross Tucker with us on the Lockdown Lions podcast for a Monday.